Buckets, the only podcast where we discuss beer and college basketball. Like we said last or earlier in the week, we are splitting our episodes into two. So this is just how we're doing it now. It's a little bit easier, these shorter episodes for you to enjoy throughout the week. And so, yeah, before we go any further, Dal, how's the second half of your week been? Uh, It's pretty good. I don't have any more work to do. We're recording at three o'clock on a Friday, I'm pretty much done with work. Don't tell if any one of my work colleagues are listening to this. I'm absolutely going to work. <laughs> uh, but no, got some Friendsgivings this weekend. Uh, you know, just got to get prepared for those. Probably heading to the grocery after this. So, um, yeah, excited about excited about our part two of the week. What about you? Yeah, um, today was my day off. So, you know, mowed the yard replaced Christmas lights that were cool icicle lights versus the warm ones that my wife wanted on the front of the house. So I put those in the back and went and got some new ones for the front that looked better. Um, we're having, we're going to this, it's called Robert's Christmas Wonderland or something, Emporium or something like that. So basically it's a big Christmas store that's open year round. And, uh, I'm, I'm excited for it. Cause we went last year. It was really cool. We have some friends that we're going with and then we're coming back and, I made making chili right after this. Gonna have that cooking while we're gone, and then uh, have a fire. So I'm excited for tonight. Um, that's a front for a cult. I'm convinced. Yeah, no, it's awesome inside. Like it's crazy cool. Uh, we do this tradition where we every year we pick a new ornament to put on our little tree in our bedroom, and Actually. so this is this is where we're gonna go. This is where we like are gonna make our new tradition now. Is go there every year. And pick one out. We also do an ornament from wherever we travel. So even if it's in like middle of summer, if we travel somewhere, we pick an ornament there as well. So a uh, fun yep. little cool thing to do if when if and when you ever have a, a significant other to do that with. Oh, there you go. My, my family does that. Uh, way to call me out for being single, dude. Uh, <laughs> my, my family does that. So every year we get to like when we go to put the ornaments on the tree, we get to like talk about all our past trips. Uh, yeah, it's fun. It's, it's cool. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Last year I got a Smokey the Bear ornament that I put on. So I, I'm excited to see what they have options this wise this year wise. But uh they have sports, they have everything at the store, so it's crazy. All right. Um before we go any further, speaking of buying things in sports, a uh, home field apparel, sponsor of the show, sponsor of Variety Sports Network. So use promo code Variety Sports at checkout for fifteen percent off your first order if you haven't bought anything there they have a bunch of deals coming up for black friday so definitely check it out you might be able to combo some of those no guarantees you didn't hear it from here uh if it is true or not so but yeah definitely check it out because their their stuff is awesome i if i like sent i have a list of shirts i want from home field on like a notes app so if anybody asks what i want i just send them this list to say pick one and then once they yeah once they pick one they they remove it from the list it's like okay easy um, so that, yeah, that's what I'm going to do in this year. Cause I love home field shirts. They're awesome. Big fan. I have one of those and I have one of board games. So yep. Board games are great gifts as well. Yeah, um, for sure. All right, let's get into the show agenda. So we're going to do a quick recap. Some of our favorite things from Monday through Thursday. And then we have shark tank upsets. Dow's going to review a beer for us. And then we have the betalytics.com pick them games of the week or games of the half week, I should say, a weekend. <laughs> and then last call. Um, and maybe uh, maybe Dow will throw a question or a trivia question in there for us. Ooh. No, I come up with a, with a favorite with like a, a favorite question. Yeah. So we'll get in there. So I'll, I'll while you're doing that, I'll kick us, our, kick us off on the mu- Monday through Thursday favorites. So uh, yesterday, Mizzou over Minnesota. Absolute barn burner of a game. Mizzou went on like a 31 to nine run to close out the game and win very close, like on a buzzer beater, basically. Um, don't think either of these teams are very good, which is a little disappointing for my SEC rankings because I had Missouri kind of higher, like middle of the pack team, um, maybe a little bit high, higher because they, they were a decent squad last year. They finished what fourth in the conference last year. Um, <laughs> 
they've taken a step back. I mean, obviously you lose with Kobe Brown. That didn't, that is a huge loss. He's contributing to the NBA now. Um, but yeah, Minnesota, I didn't think was looked particularly good. Um, but they were, they still had like a 20 point lead over Missouri at, at one point. So Missouri needed a 31 to nine comeback rally to win the game. I just think both of these teams are, are lower on the expectations this year. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, Dawson Garcia did not have a great game, um, 16 and 9, essentially. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he's the only person worth watching on the Minnesota team. Um, Mizzou, uh, Sean East went 4 for 12 from 2, which he probably won't do all the time. Um, he definitely is like one of their more important players. So I feel like it's kind of fluky, uh, but cool to have the third biggest comeback of the year uh, yeah. with a. 20 point comeback. So, um, but I, I do like, um, uh, who's our coach? Dennis Gates. Uh, Dennis I, I do like him. So I feel like they'll, uh, they might be able to start figuring stuff out again. Yeah. I definitely think they'll be, they're on the right track and they're, they're still building a program. I think they just outkicked their coverage last, last year. And so their expectations are a little bit higher than what they should be this year. Probably. Um, so yeah, uh, that was, that was a fun game. And just a side note, we, could talk about the champions classic forever, but I feel like that's been overplayed. We're here to kind of talk about some of the other things that, you know, other, other teams that might not get a lot of media love. So even though we aren't a big, big J journalism media podcast, it's still, we want to talk about and give, give some, uh, give some light on some of those. Some deep cuts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So what do you got for us? Um, yeah, my first is a callback to my pitch from last week, but Wright state almost, Upset Indiana um, feels kind of weird to like you know use an almost upset as yeah. uh, as my as one of my callouts, but they end up uh, scoring eighty points on Indiana, lost eighty nine to eighty. Um, my like thought process for how they would beat them was correct. They just let Indiana shoot thirty two free throws, which uh, <laughs> didn't. And in similar hall, that's gonna happen like all the time though. True, true. So. Uh yeah, that kind of offset the I mean, they had 40 rebounds, 14 offensive rebounds. So they did what they needed to do on the offensive glass, just uh and actually shot 42% from three. So well, hence the 80 points. But yeah, the the free throw discrepancy and Indiana shooting 67% from two uh kind of outdid them there. So might be on that one, but still, uh, still a fun game to kind of check in on. Uh, and Khalil Ware, I know who you were super high on at the beginning of the year. Went nine for eleven, had twenty two points and twelve rebounds. Um, yeah, which is a, he's a monster. I feel like I feel like right now between him and Trey Galloway, like they're relying so much on the experienced guys that it's taken like Mackenzie and Baco and some others some time to adjust to the game. So I do think is- they're Indiana's going to get better. Yeah, yeah. they're going to get better. I just think the ceiling for this team is not as high as maybe we all thought that it was going into the season, which is fine. Yeah. 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 But um, I have another one I want to highlight. Michigan over St. John's. And as I, as we are recording right now, it is, what, 4.07 Eastern time. Uh, St. John's is losing by 10 to Dayton with 47 seconds left in the Shriners Charleston Classic. So um, this isn't like St. John's is just not as good as people hype them up to be in the, in the preseason, which again, it, it is what it is. Uh, but 89 to 73 Michigan just put a whooping on St. John's. It was, uh, it was, it was further than that too. Obviously there was some late, late game shenanigans to kind of close that gap from St. John's, but Michigan has looked way good. Doug McDaniel had 26, uh, 26, six and seven on that night. You know, and it's on a team that you know, like who the heck is Doug McDaniel? He looked great. Um, absolutely, they had 148 offensive rating. Like that's crazy. He had 28 percent of the points. It's pretty good. Um, that's the high. That's a that's a game high or the second second highest. 159. Will Tesher. He had 18 and 18 or 10 points, but whatever. Um, yeah, Doug McDaniel. Yeah, he also played 38 minutes. So 38 minutes, 28 points, pretty good. Or 26 points, pretty good. Um, yeah, they just look good. I will say for St. John's, like they have some 
some bright spots here. Joel Soriano is looking good this season. Uh, I'm glad I picked him for my Big East like team because uh, he's he's definitely looking good. Everybody else just kind of needs to step up. Jordan Dingle's doing okay, you know. Dennis Jenkins doing fine, but nobody's doing what they thought they that Chris Ledlam. I mean, he had four yeah. points in this game. Like, yeah, the Kentucky tight end plays basketball for St. John's. <laughs> Basically, yep. The Jordan Dingle pen transfer. Pen pen upset somebody this week. Who they play this week? Uh, who they upset? Not gonna go uh, find it. Out of the fifteenth ranked team, that's a bad. That's a bad pen fifteen uh, reference. Yeah. Oh, they beat Villanova. Yes, that's who it was. I knew they upset somebody. Uh, yeah, it was Villanova. Is Villanova cooked? It's trending that way. We'll see tonight. Tonight they have a they have a good matchup. Someone please help Justin Moore out. Justin Moore went twenty five seven and three, and just got obliterated, buddies. Yeah. Come on, yeah, it's not looking good. Not looking good for Nova. Oh. We'll talk about them in a little bit, but yeah, I only played Lanceware seven minutes. That's their issue. They just can't play Lanceware more. You need to get that bruiser on there, man. Where Lanceware? Yeah. What else you got? <laughs> um. I have a team that we're both really high on um, that we called out last week uh, in a matchup. I think we both picked them to win, but knew that it was going to be a high-scoring game, and it definitely delivered. That is the Creighton Blue Jays. They scored 92 points in 75 possessions versus Iowa. Um, that is insane. Trey Alexander is one assist was one assist off of a triple-double which is always obviously very uh, impressive in college basketball. Uh, also noticed that in like modern basketball, obviously the three-pointer is the like thing that breaks math. Three-point attempts per field goal attempt is something that you want to be high on. They are currently seventh in the country. Like 51% of their uh, attempts are threes. It's also funny, though, because their opponents seem to not be getting the memo, which you would think <laughs> if they're shooting a bunch of threes, the the competition would also do that, but they are first in opponent three-point attempt for field goal attempt. <laughs> and opponents are only taking 18% of their shots are threes. And I'm like, you all, we gotta, like, you gotta start doing, like, it's not very hard math to realize that if you're going to beat Creighton, you have to be able to keep up with them scoring wise. Yeah. So you probably should just like actually shoot threes. Cause that's going to be helpful. Yeah. Um, so I thought it was funny that not only are they one of the most like, prevalent three-point shooting teams, but they also somehow no one's taking threes against them. So oh, yeah. uh, very interesting, bold strategy cut, and we'll see how it plays out. And it's <laughs> not play well for the other teams. Gotcha. I had on my last one here on these favorites, uh, Fairleigh Dickinson over St. Peter's. Great game. Came down to the wire. One-point game there. Fairleigh Dickinson with the upset over St. Peter's. Um, just the whole aura that they got going on. I love it. The rebrand that they did, like they beat Purdue, got a bunch of money. They were able to upgrade their facilities. Uh, at one point last season, they were watching film in the shower, which is crazy that like they, there was no other place that they could watch film on that campus. Like they couldn't go to any, any classroom or anything with a projector, but no, they had a TV cart, projector cart, you've and they were shower years, like shower, shower film. Uh, I, I, makes no sense <laughs> to me, but here we go. Weird. Yeah, it, it is weird. Um, again, a, not a major university, but a bigger than a community college, yeah. I'm sure. And community colleges definitely have extra classrooms with projectors available. But either way, they have their own film room now. They were able to take that one win and just turn it into so much for them. Um, and just, you know, like you said, it was the Purdue hate oh. club over there. So, yeah, yeah, it was fun. Good game. Fun to, your, fun to see them match up against St. Peter's too, which like is the ultimate upset game. Yep. Um, Everyone. I got, true. I know we said that we weren't going to really touch on the Champions Classic, but got to mention the heat, check, the heat check that was Robert Dillingham. Dilly who, Dilly. Hit four, who hit four threes in two minutes, and one of them was an absolute just – Bold as shit heat check that yeah. just was cash. Uh, then I thought he was going to shoot another one, but he ended up passing it to Antonio Reeves who hit it. It was just a wild stretch. Yes. That was like 
I'm sure that I'm, this is recency bias, but like, I can't remember a more electric stretch of basketball that I've watched one of my teams have outside of that. Like maybe going back to like the Kevin Knox year where Kentucky came back from that giant uh, deficit against West Virginia at West Virginia. That might be the last time I was like, oh, this is like crazy and I can't believe this is happening kind of stuff. For me, it's probably like it's up there with the Kentucky scoring 107 points against Tennessee and at Rupp when Tennessee Ooh, like that's a that's a good one. Like that was yeah. really fun, and people forget about that one. Um, but yeah, that was that was just like, <laughs> Ty Ty went crazy that game. Yeah, Ty Ty went crazy that game. Uh, but yeah, no, that Kevin Knox comeback and at West Virginia, we were down 17 at one point. Incredible stuff. Yeah, this stretch was really fun. Um, I, and we we can touch on it a little bit. Like I just didn't want to spend all our time talking about Champions yeah. Classic. Uh, the the you can't start a game slow and finish a game poorly, and that's exactly what Kentucky did. They started down nine nothing, came back, had a fourteen point lead, end up blowing it in the second half. And just because like, and I think you don't see Justin Edwards and DJ Wagner have the games that they have if you have one of those seven footers on there, like you can't tell me DJ Wagner is going to get more looks at the rim because he's going to actually, actually have a pick and roll lob threat. Like, I don't want to put this on like Adu and um, Burks, but like they're just not adept, like equipped to handle Hunter Dickinson. I do have great first half. He was, when I was like, he's an the ultimate like energy guy, kind of what we wished Toppin would have been last year. Where it's like, yeah, he goes like balls to the wall, was dunking stuff, like diving all over the place, which Kansas did. What they were able to get Kentucky kind of like out of transition. We they definitely slowed the game down a ton. The refs also helped with that, which is yeah. dumb, and we'll touch on later. But um, like once you get the energy kind of down in a game like that. Adu doesn't have the skill set yet to really impact the game in a half court setting yeah. the way he can or the way he did in the first half. And when he's also having to guard Hunter Dickinson, who I I mean, he's obviously a good college player, great college player, but is just terribly annoying and but like is just big. And he was just yeah. bigger than any other guys. Even Trey Mitchell, whenever we put him on him, like it's it was five inches on Trey Mitchell. Like he is just taller. He's bigger, right. longer. Yeah. Pause. But uh, <laughs> I knew that was coming. But <laughs> also pause. Um, but but no, yeah. It, it's just a bad matchup. If we would have had one of those seven footers to kind of um, play down there and and keep them from getting so many rebounds in the second half, I feel like it would have been a very different game. Or three for seventeen from three, which didn't feel like that he did. But then you look at it and you're like. Eee. Yeah. I mean, like, at the same time, I think before the final four minutes, he was four of eight from the field, uh, from the two point, and then, like, I think three of 12. So, like, or something like that. I have no problem with him shooting any of them. Yeah. Yeah. It really was as inefficient as the stat she says up until the final, like, three minutes or something like that. And then, and then at that point, you're in desperation mode because he was the only, like, nobody else was contributing. Like, really, nobody else was contributing in the last three minutes. So, yeah, um, but you also, in those last four minutes, like, those were all your possessions and you came away empty on all of them, which. Yeah. Can't do that. You can't do that. But you can't do that. I don't Um, think, like, it's like a listen to podcasts and stuff. Like, you tell me that, um, that you have Antonio Reeves go three for 17 from three DJ Edwards and or DJ Wagner and Justin Edwards combine one of 18 from the field. Uh, what else? You, like what else? You, you don't have any, any. And of Hunter Dickinson goes, and Hunter Dickinson Hunter goes, goes 20, 20, 20, 21. And Dewan Harris, who had taken like two shots all se- all season, That's goes five, five for five, five three. three. And KJ Adams has, or Kevin McCuller has a triple double. Like, Kevin McCuller is the biggest loser ever. Yeah, he complained about every single foul call, how he did not get a technical on the last one. Well, I am especially when, like, shocked. last night, Caleb Grill got ejected from the Minnesota game, like, before yelling at a ref right there in his face, doing exactly what Kevin McCuller did. Exact same thing. He it's got wild. ejected in the first half. So, all right, let's move on. What's your last thing? 
Uh, yeah, my last one is just a little NBA shout out, but a shout out to Asar Thompson, who has easily been the best of the uh, the Thompson brothers, which we did not expect. No, not at all. Has, has is the only person whose highlight I've seen that starts with him shooting an air ball strictly because what he does after it is so cool. And it's so like different than what he did to start the the highlight, but he went like shot an air ball, went down, got a vicious block and then came down the next possession and I threw an alley-oop to him and it was sick. Um, he's awesome. a menace on defense and it's like, I mean, Kate is still probably their best player, but you could make a very strong case that he has been their second best player all, uh, all season, and there's a big reason why Jaden Ivey has gotten uh, demoted to the second unit. Uh, yeah. So if you all trade Jaden Ivey, trade Jaden Ivey, trade Jaden <laughs> the Magic needs shooting bad. <laughs> they, need, uh, they need shooting so bad. If you haven't watched any Pistons basketball, um, fun young team. They just don't win a lot, unfortunately. All right. Oh, yeah. Um, they're very fun. Yeah. All right. Let's move on. Shark Tank upsets. Do you want to do the honors? You want me to go first? I shall do the honors. Um, All right. My my team uh, just got a big win on the road against a St. Mary's Gales team. Uh, They have also beaten unranked uh, Benedictine Mesa, ninety six to sixty two. But they this is the Damian Lillard sponsored Weber State. Wildcats, right? Wildcats? Yeah. It sounds sort of like cat, bobcat looking thing. Um, they play Yale on Saturday and it's on a neutral court, which I think helps. Um, they, Yale, obviously, shocker, shoots really well from three, but Weber State has the fifth best three point percentage uh, on defense so far this year. Opponents are shooting 18.5% from three on them. Um, they, force a ton of turnovers. They have the longest average possession length on defense. So they're dry, They're really, really disciplined and make teams like grind it out on offense, which Yale, um, I don't know if is really like able to be able to do that. Um, means they force a lot of shot clock violations as well. They don't really t- force a ton of steals, but they're 22nd and non-steal turnover percentage forced on defense. Um, they also don't foul. And they don't turn the ball over themselves. So I feel like all of those things kind of wrapped into one mean that they um, have a really good shot to beat the Yale Bulldogs on a neutral court. Yeah. And, and also, in, I think it's in New Brunswick, which is weird. NB is where it says it is. Yeah. Weaver State, they also upset St. Mary's. Yeah. And people are like, oh, it's St. Mary's, whatever. Like, no. Dylan Jones, Dylan Jones is really good. And he's like he's gonna be he's an NBA talent. This is not me saying this. Aiden Mahaney. Other people are saying on we were state. Um, Other people have said this on you know like Gary Parish and Matt Norlander also think that Dylan Jones is gonna be in the NBA. Like he's good. He's a good power forward. He's six six, two hundred thirty five pounds. Like he's their go to guy, number one contributor. Like he's insane. He's the number one Ken Palm on minutes. Right now, hundred hundred percent. But no, they they lost to Gonzaga by fifteen, which Gonzaga is a good squad. They're ranked seventh on Ken Palm, so it's not like that's a bad loss to lose by seventeen um, or fifteen to Gonzaga. There, they have a very or that's Yale. Yale lost to Gonzaga. I'm sorry, I picked the wrong one. Um, but either way, Weber State they beat St. Mary's by six. Five, excuse me, by five. Yes. Um, they look good doing it too. They they kind of controlled the whole okay. game. It was it was yeah. back and forth a little bit, but they controlled most of the game. They held Aiden Mahaney to eleven points, two for ten from three. Like that's hard to do. Aiden Mahaney's a good shooter, good good ball player. So yeah, Dylan Jones is the MVP with that. He had twenty nine points, went two for four from three, twenty nine points, nine from sixteen from the field. Insane. Ten rebounds. Uh, five turnovers didn't help. So yeah, I'm I'm in on this. Give me the whole brewery. I'm buying on this. Um, also, just so you listeners should know, we were both correct on our Shark Tank upsets picks this past week with Santa Clara over Stanford, and I had what was mine? I can't remember. Uh, Providence over Wisconsin. Both of those like double digit win. So 
you should listen to us. Maybe this will bite us in the butt, but yeah, no, I'm definitely a whole brewery. We're on only thing. ever right. And on the ones that were wrong, no, we weren't. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, Dow sharks. Welcome. Um, Butler over Michigan state. This is tonight, Friday night. First of all, no other, I shouldn't need to push anything other than Posh Alexander, but here I am saying Posh Alexander. Obviously, Michigan State's defense is pretty good, but their offense stinks out loud. Like, it is so bad. Their effective field goal percentage, 297th. They are 356th in the nation on three-point percentage with 16%. This is is that good? This is terrible. I get it's East Lansing, so I know it's not it's not in um in Butler's favor here. They're nine and a half point dogs in this game. But I just trust this experienced backcourt with Posh Alexander. You got six foot seven Telfort, Pierre Brooks, DJ Davis. I think this is a better Butler team than Michigan State team. And I think that they're gonna control this game. I really do. I, I Butler's offense is grooving. I mean, like it doesn't show that because of the like who they played, but they don't turn the ball over a lot. They just beat St. Mary's on the road. That's yours. I'm looking at the wrong one. Um, they, <laughs> they they played bad teams, but they're still grooving early. And like again, this is just because of how bad Michigan State's shooting is. Like I really don't trust it. Butler's the number one ranked defense in effective field goal percentage. Going against the 297th team in effective field goal percentage. Give me the Bulldogs and Thad Matta here. This this game is either going to be like Butler's going to eke this out or Michigan State is going to beat them by 50 because all of the positive aggression that they're going to see from their shooting percentage is going to like happen in one game and they're just going to go absolutely bonkers. Um, here's another here's another point to, to sweeten the deal for you because I know you're a height supremacist. Um, ooh. Butler is 0. 0.4 inches taller than than uh, <laughs> or, or Michigan State. Um, I think the two foul participation is is right there with it. But there's this is a pretty neck and neck team in terms of bench minutes, experience, stuff like that. I do like that Butler relies more on the three a little bit more. And again, that's what I said last week, but I like it more this year. I don't know why. It's just sticking with me more, especially when you look at the percentage point distribution for three pointers for Michigan State, eleven point two. I just don't think you're gonna learn a lot of basketball that way. You know you know the way to my heart, which is <laughs> two foul uh continuity and uh and height. Um no, I'll go I'll go a six pack here. Um if it was like if it was in one of those tournaments like where it's a neutral court or well I say that but then they lost at home to James Madison. So like yeah. Um I, I do think the shooting ha- like it has to go up. Um but is it going to go up against a team that's ranked number one in effective field goal percentage on defense and two point percentage on defense and three point percentage on defense and the 34 I mean, like, three point percentage? I get the competition no. level. Theoretically, competition. no, but like yeah. AJ Hoggard is 0 for 7 on the year. He's like a 33% three point shooter. Um, Tyson Walker is shooting 33% this year from three. Shot forty two percent last year and forty seven percent the year before. Like, I feel like all it takes is a little bit of positive regression for them. So I'm just gonna bet on. I think that, I, I'm with make- you, and and uh, you said you're buying a six pack, so I'm I'm yeah. happy already with it. I'm with you on that. I think it's not going to come against Butler. I think it'll come against the next game against Alcorn State, or not against Arizona, but against Georgia Southern. Um, not against Wisconsin, but maybe Nebraska. You know what I mean? I think it's going to be like they're figuring it out in the non-conference every other game. But they have a stretch. Michigan State has a stretch where they play Butler tonight, Alcorn State on Sunday. So, like, that'll be a nice, like, let's get right kind of game for them because they need it because Thursday they play number six Arizona. Uh, Kim Palm number six, obviously. If they don't get right then, if they don't have a close game, if it's a blowout, then they have 309 Georgia Southern. Then they go back to the ringer against Wisconsin, who I don't think is very good. I think Providence is fine, and they just destroyed this Wisconsin team. Um, but then they have Nebraska, who's undefeated right now. So we'll see. Then they have Baylor. You know, like they have a lot of tough games. But then they have Oakland and Stony Brook. So 
they have a stretch of games where they can get right. I don't think it's coming against Butler, though. I think they're going to take back-to-back losses here, which would be kind of unheard of for Tom Izzo to take three losses in November, but that's that's what it's looking like. Maybe four, you know, with Arizona. Yeah, so we'll see. We are looking at a potential four loss, four loss in November team for Michigan State, which is far and away way different than anyone projected to start the year. Um, all right, so now you have a beer for us to review tonight. I do this afternoon. Happy hour. It's happy hour. Happy hour. Day. Exactly. That's what it is. Exactly. I'm just doing a happy hour. Yeah. Um. All right. It is the final of my four new Belgium. Uh, Breweries is triple Belgian style ale. It looks very similar to the the seventeen fifty five or whatever the other one was that I reviewed um, a couple episodes ago. Um, it is a Belgian style ale, eight point five percent ABV. Um, a golden, sweet, and pleasantly dry Belgian style ale is what it's called, or is what it like its description is. Obviously, they are it's New Belgium, so out of either Fort Collins or Asheville. Don't know where this one exactly is made. Um, but they have breweries at both of those places. The one in Asheville is really cool if you ever get a chance to go. Um, it smells very like uh, it smells very like lagery almost. Ooh, interesting. Would not expect this to be eight point five percent. Maybe if I got a couple more sips in, I would think differently. Um, but you know, like the like the beers that you get that are like the true. German beers that you that you would get at Oktoberfest. It yeah. like it has a very similar taste to those. I'm blanking on names. Uh yeah, no, Oktoberfest beers. You know, like Yeah, exactly. Uh it is like that, but a little bit more florally, like a Belgian style kind of wheat ale, sort of I don't think it's like, technically a wheat ale, but Marzen's like kind of one of those. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um for the beer, again, relative crushability. I'll go, I'll go a four there. The can design's kind of boring. It's got some like little. It's very little German. Ladies. It's got some like ladies on it. Um, yeah, we'll go, we'll go two point five. Um, the aroma is solid. I'll go three point five. Flavor, I'll go four. Um, I don't know, it just looks like beer. <laughs> um, I don't know. Exactly I just usually give like five. Yeah, we'll go two point five on the appearance as well. What does that equal? Five Comes up to three and a three point three, which is a little bit under the untapped ranking. Yeah, untapped has it three point five nine. It looks like. Yeah, I. I mean, those the can design and the appearance. I think just judging the beer by itself. Obviously, I have it at like. Like a, what's that? Like a three eights, three seven five, three eight, something like that. Um, yeah, solid beer. I uh, definitely would recommend if you can get it. Yeah, I'm also drinking my beer cuda, the last of my beer cuda. I made a hey. beer cheese with it last night, so I I made a a beer cheese sauce to put on Philly cheesesteaks that I made on the Blackstone. Oh man, it was so good. I liked it a lot. Um, the sauce was uh, the beer cheese sauce was a little too thick. Like I probably need to add more like milk or something to it. But overall, it's still pretty good. Um, even I've never thought about making beer cheese. That's a good idea. It's very easy. It was a very easy recipe I found on Pinterest. So pretty good overall. Um, all right, let's move on to the Betalytics.com Pick'em Games of the Week. So Betalytics.com, it's a site where you could go get all your players' props for whatever league that you're betting on. Um, you could use code VSN for 25% off any package on betalytics.com. So obviously the more expensive packages show more props, more things to look for. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely a great deal. Definitely go check that out. So last week or earlier this week, I'm not used to doing two episodes a week. I keep on saying <laughs> last week, uh, Monday through Thursday, Dow had eight picks. Correct. I had nine picks. Correct. And Twitter, you guys on Twitter on X, whatever you want to call it. You guys picked eight, so you were there. You guys tied on the Kansas-Kentucky pick, so we didn't give you any points for that. So, yeah. Um, so we're right there, um, and so we're going to look at the weekend results here. So let's get into this. I haven't seen any lines for some of these, so I'm not going to – I'm not even going to pick mine based off lines. I'm just going to pick it off a of gut. So you ready for this, Dal? I am. All right. So tonight, 
Um, actually, let's go in sequential order here just to make it a little bit easier. So we'll start with at 6 p.m. in Nassau, Bahamas at the Bahamar. I think classic is what it is. Uh, mm-hmm. We have Kansas State taking on Providence. Who do you like in this one? Um, Kansas is probably like a slight favorite in in this. Um, I'm gonna go Providence. I know that we. I know I watched that Kansas State game, and they they look pretty solid. Uh, I like Jerome Tang a lot, but I'll go Providence. They probably have the best player. So, yeah, I think Providence is. This is where Bryce Hopkins gets right. I don't think this Kansas State team missing Naquan Tomlin is really hurting them. Who's stopping? Who's stopping Bryce Hopkins tonight? Devin Carter looked amazing the other night in that Wisconsin win. So, yeah, uh, give me Providence in this one as well. Providence minus one and a half is the line. Yeah. So, there we go. Um, all right. And then at seven, we have the the battle for the Meth Head State. We got FSU versus Florida. <laughs> give me give me the, the Gators in this one. I think they're just a better team right now. Um, I don't, I'm not entirely sure unless they got Cohen card coming out for FSU. I don't think that they're going to be that great. Um, and yeah, I think that, I think Leonard Hamilton's time is coming to an end there in Tallahassee. I disagree on that point, but I'm going Florida as well. Riley Kugel also is really good. Um, yeah. Riley Kugel is good. And Florida had a really close chance to get, um, to beat Virginia last week with some, Questionable late game decisions, but they were right there with it. Virginia's going to be a good team near the top of the, or should be at the top of the ACC. Um, so I think Florida takes care of business of FSU here. Number right. one offensive rebounding team in the uh, country as well. It's crazy. Florida is. That, that's kind of crazy. But yeah, it is. All right. We have Maryland taking on Villanova at 830. Give me the Terps in this one. These are like both these teams had high expectations going into the season, and I think Maryland is done messing around, and Villanova is just lost, and so I like the like the Terrapins in this one. Uh, yeah, there's like the f around and find out is the thing. Villanova seems to be finding out. Um, it's at home. I'll ride. I'll ride Villanova just to be a little different here. Um, it's Nova minus six is the line. So that might be a little money line sprinkle for you tonight. Yep. That's the plan. <laughs> um, we also have, uh, the last game for tonight that we'll talk about at nine thirty PM in Las Vegas, which right now is going through, they have the F1 race tomorrow night or something like that. So apparently kind of crazy. Maybe not. Cause it might get canceled cause they are stupid and covers or something like that. Yeah. I saw, I saw a really good meme that, uh, had the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles popping out of like a manhole cover in front of one of the F1 cars. That's that really was really good. funny. Yeah. All right. San Diego State taking on St. Mary's in Las Vegas for the Continental Tire Classic, whatever it is called. Um, give me give me the Aztecs in this one. National, national uh, runner-up, national champion runner-up. And I think St. Mary's, like, again, they got exposed by Weber State. I think San Diego State's going to be fine in this game, taking care of business. Uh, yeah, so actually, San Diego State opened a one-point favorite and has moved to St. Mary's as a one-and-a-half-point favorite right now. Let's see. Ooh, the under might be a uh, yes. might be an actual play here. Yes, uh, that feels that feels on par for two very defensive-minded teams. Um, yep. I'll go to San Diego State as well. All right, and then we have Saturday. The only game that I thought. I looked, I mean, there's, there's, again, here's the thing is where there's a lot of mid, mid tournament or multi team, uh, events. We got a lot of tournaments going on. We don't know what the actual games are going to be for Saturday, but as the time of making this, the only t- game that was worth mentioning to me was Mich- uh, Mississippi State and Washington State. So we got the, well, the other the, than, the other than my, other than my Weber State Yale pick. Correct. Where yes. Yeah. Marquee matchups or whatever we want to do, pick them games of the week. This is the one worth mentioning here. So, um, yeah, the Mike Leach Bowl for basketball. And uh, I'm going Mississippi State here. I think they are defensively, they are further along than I thought they would be. And offensively, same thing. You know, they, they're playing inspired ball. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, Mississippi State is just better than Washington State, uh, especially at an, on a neutral floor where Washington State has to travel across the country. Um, I don't know how much that actually matters, but people that yeah. 
no stuff. Always say it, so like I figured it probably matters some. Yeah. Um, the only other matchup to even remotely talk about is the battle for Boston, where Harvard uh, is playing at Boston College <laughs> at five o'clock. If you are looking to tune in. Actually, like you said, there are going to be a bunch of better games with the tournaments uh, playing themselves out here, but that is just a funny matchup as well. Yeah. All right. Um, let's look at here. We have Sunday. We have Boise State taking on Clemson. This was an interesting... This is the number one thrill score game on Ken Palm. Um, what do you think yeah. of this one? Um, I mean, you know I'm a PJ Hall super fan, even though you took him in our draft <laughs> um, i'm interested to see this because boise's like what around 60th in ken palm they got a good win over san francisco um their their schedule is actually really really solid they other than vanguard who they started the year off with uh they played clemson virginia tech st mary's and north texas all of whom are top 90 teams in ken palm currently um they also play washington state later uh and then the Mountain West is actually going to be pretty solid. There's there's a couple other teams, Nevada, New Mexico, Colorado State are all uh, solid. So Boise, if they can if they can win uh, the next couple games, they would have a pretty solid tournament resume. In all honesty, uh, but I'm going to go Clemson here just because I like PJ Hall. I'm actually going to go Boise here because if you look at Clemson, watch them. They had a you know blowout win over Winthrop, one by twenty two. But then they really should have lost that UAB game, and they probably should have yeah. lost that Davidson game as well. Um, that was those are just two good games, obviously, uh, and they played lesser opponents. This is going to be the best yeah. opponent Boise's facing so far this season, um, True. or that Clemson's faced so far this season. Cle- uh, Boise's look good. They beat San Francisco sixty three fifty eight. Vanguard again, nothing crazy, but like you said, yeah, um, you know San Francisco there eighty eighth rank, so. I think Boise's up for it. Their def- like defense travels. We talk about that pretty pretty much all the time on this podcast. And they both have good defenses. I think Clemson struggled late in late game scenarios, and they got a little help from the ref against UAB. So, um, so give me give me Boise in this one. We'll say that this game is at Little John, uh, whereas those two games they played close against UAB and Davidson were both neutral sites. Yeah, uh, which showed up a little bit. But yeah, 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 I I would I would not be shocked at all if. Boise uh, pulls this one out. Yeah. Uh, all right. Then we have at one o'clock, same time as the Clemson game uh, in Madison Square Garden. We have UConn taking on Indiana. Mm, this one's tough because I want to say just UConn. I mean, they're a better team, but they just lost Stephon Castle. Indiana, they need a big win, like nobody's business. Um, but I'm gonna go UConn here. Still gonna, still gonna go with. I think the better they are, the better team. Even without Stefan Castle, even though I do love me some Kalelware, um, I just don't trust how, Indiana right now. How long is he supposed to be out again? Uh, he'll be back by conference play. Is what I what I think is okay, what's said. He, yeah. I really like Stefan Castle a lot. Um, was excited Same to watch here. him play. Uh, no, my my thought process for the right state upset applies here even more so. Uh, as good as Wright State was at offensive rebounding, Connecticut is even better. Um, they are, hold on, I just had it up. They are the second best offensive rebounding team in the country. Indiana does not rebound the ball well, despite having two large players in Kaloware and Malik Renault. Um, they also are just unstoppable on offense, shooting 73% from two point. Uh, range right now, they I, I I think that there are ways that you can beat this Connecticut team, but I do not think that Indiana is set up well to beat them. So yeah, I'm gonna go UConn. Yeah, I'm with you on that. All right, last game we have we're talking about 5 p.m. at USF. We have Northern Iowa taking on USF, South Florida, as Ken Palm would like to say. Um, this is an interesting game because they both kind of stink. <laughs> um, but I, that's why I like picking it because they're just fun. Um, yeah. USF shoots a lot, so they're not good at making them. The 329th, <laughs> um, now 
Northern Iowa's offense or defense, they suck at defending the three. So I think it's going to be fun. <laughs> this is, this is a, 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 like an immoral, like relative is the yeah. unmovable force or unmovable object meets unstoppable force. Yeah. And the Northern Iowa's offense is pretty solid. And South Florida's defense is pretty solid. And then you look at the flip side and South Florida's offense is absolutely awful and northern iowa's defense is also absolutely awful so it'll be funny to just like something has to budge on one of those uh on one of those two matchups but it's normally you talk about like oh this team's weakness lines up with this team's like strength or whatever yeah then like it's the opposite here where you're meeting strength on strength versus weakness on weakness so um this should be a fun game um who did you go again I'm going USF. I'll, I'll go with the the home team here for first. Right, I'll go. I'll go Northern Iowa just to be different. We didn't have too many that we differed on today. Yeah. So. Yeah. So all right. Well, that's it for the Betalytics.com pick 'em games of the week. Make sure you go check each day. Vote on Twitter. And uh, yeah. So do you have a trivia question for us before we get to last um, call? I do have. I do have a trivia question. We talked about how. Um, Mizzou came back against Minnesota after being down 20 points. Uh, exciting stuff. That is the third biggest comeback in the in the country so far this year. Um, on Tuesday, there was a... Huh? I know Wake is one because they were down 20 at one point. They came back and won by 20, right? Who, who, I'm, my question is, who is, the, who is the biggest comeback in the country this year? Is it is it Wake? That's my that's my that's my answer. It is not, but it is a that is a correct, uh, it's a correct conference. Oof. Um, I don't know. ACC. Who's who? They have a new they have a new coach this year. I don't remember. Who's new in the ACC this year? Hmm. Their old coach was really, really old. I don't know, dude. <laughs> Wake, Wake versus Elon coming down from coming back from down twenty one is the number two comeback. It is Syracuse came back from down twenty four against Colgate. Mm, that's uh, right. I to, forgot about that. Win. That was so earlier this week too. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, on Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, that was crazy. So yeah, those that was that's insane comeback. There's been a lot of those big swing, big swing games. I mean, look at Kentucky. They were down nine, came back, went up fourteen, then end up losing. You know, like they never got down by more than five in that Kansas game. But again, but just insane uh, the swing there of you know score. Yeah. You know, so cool. All right. Well, now it's time for last call. I'll go first since you went first last time. Um, mid multi team events feast week early season tournaments they're just as fun as march madness so tune in i know there's college football on i know there's nfl on i know there's a lot of sports to consume and you're like college basketball is just not the as good of a product it's better this year as you can see um there's the refs are a little bit more relaxed this year it seems like for the most part (laughs) it's funny because i'm about to complain about refs for my last call but they are better this year yeah, they are. They they really are. I mean, like there there's some still some questionable things that I think is beyond their control. Um, but overall, I, I still enjoy it. Um, obviously, I'm going to watch basketball, enjoy it no matter what. But yeah, so tune in on these games. If you like, be a sicko. Make your friend tune in on these games. If you have the if you have the ability to put a put a game on TV, do that because some of these games are better than the college football games that we'll get this week, and that's just straight up. Facts, so. Absolutely. Also, talking about betalytics, uh, you can employ the Connor and Dow method of just betting one dollar on games, and it is very fun. And you get the same amount of endorphins, yep, uh, and dopamine True. that you would get on a normal betting, but without the financial risk, uh, yeah. or at least like relative to it's actual very fun. betting a lot of money. Because you could take, yeah, I mean, like, especially it depends on the parlays, especially with player props and like in football and stuff. You could take one dollar and turn it into like fifty very easily. Just like it's very fun to do that. So highly suggest it. Um, just make sure you're picking right, obviously. So listen to us for your picks for the most part. Exactly. Yeah. What's your last call? 
Mine is that refs still suck, and it's they have so much control over the game. Uh, that Kentucky game was super fun. There were 15 fouls called in the first half, and then each team had 15 fouls in the second half. Um, how we like continue to let that happen is beyond me. But I do love that they are being way more lenient on charges, and it's not a like as quick of a trigger on charges as it normally is. So as opposed to normal where all we do is talk about how bad refs are. Um, it is nice that they are at least letting transition play get more into, into the flow because yeah. the elimination of the super easy charge call uh, has, has really made it much more just enjoyable. Even if they're still like, obviously fouls are still occurring. So that it doesn't impact the, flow of the game because obviously there's still a stoppage, whatever, yeah. but it is just enjoyable to not have to be like, all right, why are we, why are we unable to get a single charge call? Right. And yeah. it seems like that they are better at that this year. So now I just got to uh, take care of the continuity calls. Cause that was ridiculous. And that was like whistle three seconds later, shoot, Whistle, jump, jump, stop, jump, stop, step through and lay up. And we yeah. call continuity. Like, I don't know, man. Yeah. You shouldn't be able to make like two moves after the whistle was blown and the basket count, but whatever. All right. Um, let's get out of here. So this has been fun. You can check us out on Instagram and TikTok at beers and buckets pod. Um, make sure that you're following along on Twitter and voting every day. We want yeah, to engage that. with you. We want to we want to hang out with you and talk ball with you. So make sure you're doing that. Um, if you're on YouTube, watch on YouTube. Thanks for watching. Make sure you share this video, like this video. It helps with the algorithm. Please do that. And if you have the second, go leave a review on Apple Podcasts. That helps out a bunch as well. Um, yeah, so we really appreciate it. And this has been it's been real. It's been fun. It's been real fun. And this is bottom line, Connor said so. You guys have a fantastic weekend, and we'll talk to you on Monday. Oh, 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 o